Okay guys, so welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and episode 7. So as you can see, I am very, very lucky to be joined by my two friends, Anthony and Pete. And uh, I'd just like to really, like before I get into the, the podcast, I'd like to explain how I know Anthony and Pete and really, really thank these guys for, for obviously coming onto the podcast today and also replying to me like back last year I reached out to Anthony and Pete I'd been listening to their podcast New York Muscle Radio for a long time and I reached out to them and they came back to me pretty much straight away got me on the podcast um, and I was really really appreciative of that and that actually motivated me to to start my own Um, so before we get into the topics today I'd like Pete and Anthony to sort of introduce themselves um, and tell 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 the listeners why you're sort of here today. What's up, guys? This is Anthony from New York Muscle Radio Podcast, and I got next to me my co-host, Big Pete Kacharian. Yeah, so now we're on the other side. We're actually getting interviewed, and uh, AJ, thank you for having us on. We appreciate it, and it's funny because you know we I remember your message in particular, and I, I brought it up to the big guy next to me, and I said, you know, I think it'd be good to have this kid on. We could talk about all stuff with teens and when you came on I, I was really blown away by how knowledgeable you were and uh, just your experience so far I mean we've had other guests on that you know I've kind of done the same thing they kind of messaged us and they were total flops so <laughs> it, when you came on I was like wow this kid knows what he's talking about and I've been kind of watching you ever since so I've been watching you grow since you came on so what episode did he come on do you remember I'm asking the wrong person. What episode did you yeah. come on, man? Ah, uh, I think it was. Uh, it's got to be close to. It's got to be in the 80s, maybe. I think because yeah. you you reached 100 really, really soon, didn't you? Like really yeah. recently. Yeah. So you were probably like uh, whatever, whatever it is. I'll give you the, the link. You could share yeah, it here sure. so you can listen to that podcast. But um, it was funny because when you when you came on after that, like I said, I was watching you and just watching you evolve. And and then when you said you had a podcast, I'm like, oh, that's good, man. Good for him. <laughs> Yeah, man, doing all the right things. And, uh, you know, me and Anthony were both discussing it when we had you on there that when we were teenagers, we've been training since we were teens. And there was just not the information out there to train right, to diet right that there is now. And you just have all that knowledge in you from from learning through through all these media outlets. And it's great because we wish that we had that when we first started. We would have been way ahead of where we are now if we were doing things the right way, because when we started, we didn't do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I, I don't know if you've heard. I've always kind of mentioned you every once in a while on the podcast because I always think you're, you're doing it right. I always kind of give you a little shout out here and there. So we're watching and we approve of everything you're doing. He's New York Muscle Radio approved. Yeah. That's true. And not, not many people are. <laughs> this industry is full of shit. And the more podcasts you'll do with people, you'll see. Okay. Are we, we can curse on here, right? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, no worries. <laughs> yeah, we, we said on ours that we have the big, uh, the big E next to every single episode because we're explicit content on iTunes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, no, I appreciate that, guys. That's really, really kind, and obviously, I really enjoyed my time on the podcast. And yeah, I will, I will link that below for for all the listeners to li- catch back on that one. And obviously, if they haven't already, then make sure you do subscribe to um, these guys' podcasts as well. Um, so yeah, like before we go into the topic, I'd like you guys just to sort of explain a little bit about your background, maybe competitive background, and when you sort of got involved in the sport of you know searching to build muscle so when did you get into the gym and think right i really want to sort of make some gains all right so i'll go ahead first uh so i started weight training in general when i was 14 at that time i was just entering high school and uh my background actually i was i come from 
being pretty much, you know, the chubby kid out of the group. I was never extremely overweight, but I was never in shape. So I was never naturally fit. Uh, so when I first started, I had no aspirations of competing, nothing bodybuilding related. It was literally just, I just wanted to get in better shape, you know, and I started training, had pretty much no idea what I was doing, did the typical eat nothing, do lots of cardio. And, you know, despite that not being an optimal way to do things, I made some decent decent gains out of that, but they were nothing, you know, compared to what I could have been doing had I do it right. Um, then I just pretty much fell in love with training, started hitting the weights more, still not really knowing what I was doing, but just training hard, trying to eat right, and eventually just pretty much became obsessed with the gym. That kind of led me into more bodybuilding style training when I was about 15, 16. And by that time, I'd already set my mind on, okay, eventually I want to compete. And I did my first show when I was 19. Uh, drug-free show, was never really into using drugs for performance enhancements for, for bodybuilding purposes or anything like that. So I did my first show, 19. Um, I knew a little bit more about what I was doing at the time, but still didn't really know. Uh, mm -hmm. My conditioning was definitely off. You know, I came in thinking, oh, if I just have a little bit of visible abs, I could I could do well. And, uh, you know, I got a big taste of reality when uh, I saw some of the other competitors there. That motivated me even more. Took two years off. Uh, came back 2011. Did three shows that year. Took second place in all of them. Uh, my conditioning was on point. I really don't think I could have looked any better. So I was happy with that. And from there, I pretty much just dedicated pretty much any free time I had to learning how to better myself as a natural bodybuilder. Since then, I've competed in men's physique uh, all the way to the national level, never placing top five at a national level. And at this point, um, you know, my last contest was last year, uh, again, placing top five, but never above that. And I uh, don't really have any aspirations beyond here to keep competing, to be honest with you. Okay. I just... Uh, I like helping others and I like bettering myself, but the competitive aspect, I'm kind of leaving that up to clients at this point and trying to help them with that. You failed so, to mention that you compete in the MPC, which is a drug organization and you're natural. You forgot to mention that. Yeah. It's like an important ah. thing. Yeah. I mean, well, as far as men's physique, you know, there's natural organizations that do have uh, men's physique, but that division, you know, it's really covered much more by the MPC and the IFBB. Natural organizations really don't get too much credit. I mean, they really don't get enough credit in any type of bodybuilding mm -hmm. competition, which is very unfortunate. Um, I did all my bodybuilding shows in, in drug-tested organizations, except for in 2011, I did do an NPC show that was drug-tested, but the NPC has like a one-year drug test policy for their natural shows. So, you know, you could call that what you want. But then mm -hmm. as far as the men's physique shows, I've done five shows. They're all completely untested. I did them all drug-free, but it was obviously competing against people who did use drugs. Sure, sure. Anthony, go ahead. All right, I'll give you the short version because my, my story is different than him as far as, you know, he started on the heavier side. I was the skinny kid. And okay. I was a skinny kid growing up, you know, the whole nine. I used to wear two shirts because my arms were so skinny and I was always embarrassed by them. And uh, one day I went, into, it was high school, I went into the gym and haven't looked back since pretty much um, I saw everyone working out and all the muscles everyone had and I was like, I could, I could do that. I could do that. It's totally me. So I uh, started working out, found Arnold and the rest is history. I became a personal trainer right away. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I got certified at 17 and then I couldn't, I couldn't actually start until I was 18. So okay. I, as soon as I turned 18, I went, walked into the gym, got hired on the spot and here I am today on my own personal training studio. I have a New York muscle radio podcast, which is our bread and butter we have clients all over the world now. We're training for different shows. I compete competitively in powerlifting. I've done bodybuilding before too. Same exact story as Pete. Um, 
when I'm not a natural pro, but uh, I'm very good at powerlifting. And I started powerlifting last year. Was it last year I started? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, about last year, sometime. And did my first meet last year. Did relatively well. I moved up a weight class. I'm in the 93 kilo class now, and uh, doing relatively well with that. I've won a couple meets. So powerlifting is kind of my thing. So that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. Yeah, we have uh, we come from two, I guess, different starting points, and uh, I guess we're in similar places except for this guy's a lot stronger than me. So that's probably about the only thing that separates us at this point. <laughs> so um, that's very interesting. I'm sure a lot of our viewers can relate in terms of different things that you've already been through, and that's a really good description up to up to now. Now, a lot of our view, a lot of my listeners are very sort of very very new to the gym, and they might even potentially be listening to this podcast and thinking, "How can I get into the gym?" So I know that Pete touched on it really really quickly, but I'd like you to sort of go into more depth as to how you initially got attracted to visit the gym and explain whether it was initially like a physique-based thing. So did you go in the gym thinking, okay, I need to go in here with a primary goal to enhance my physique? Or was it more, I want to basically get better at sports? Was it sport-related? Was it girls-related? Like what was going on to get you into the gym? Yeah, it, it was definitely physique related and, you know, it, it definitely had a lot to do with girls. Like I, like you said, um, you know, when I was 14, that was probably the, the main thing on my mind. You know, I wasn't really think like I said, I wasn't thinking bodybuilding. I wasn't thinking sports. I, I played sports. Uh, I played football. So I was actually a lineman in uh, middle school football because, like I said, I was chubby. So me slimming down and uh, trying to get abs was not something that would have actually helped my position in football. But you know, the, the girls came first. So, okay. <laughs> you know, the gym was uh, my way of just getting in better shape. I actually, I started maybe a week before joining a gym, just running around doing cardio and stuff like that. And then just cleaning up my diet. And I, you know, I saw results within the first week or so, you know, I saw like two or three pounds dropping and I knew, okay, you know what, if I'm doing this, just running around the block a few times, cleaning up my diet, if I actually get serious about this and I go to the gym, what kind of results could I actually get? So my first thing just going into the gym was, okay, now I have access to different pieces of cardio equipment, different pieces of strength training equipment. And like like I said, I really didn't have a direction. I just knew if I put in the work and I cleaned up the diet, uh, it would definitely help me. So that was that was really my mindset just going in. As long as I work hard and I do things that I should be doing and stay away from the things I shouldn't be, then I'll, I'll start to see results. And that's definitely a good place to start. You don't have to try and be perfect right off the bat. I think starting, as long as you get it going in the beginning, is going to be the biggest thing. You know, you don't have to start perfectly. You can learn as you go. Yeah, for me, um, I was the skinny kid, like I said. So I was really self-conscious. So when I when I went walked into the gym that day at school, you know, you're obviously forced into the gym. Uh, I walked in and I saw you know the seniors and everybody with muscle, and I said, you know, I could do this and. I, probably look better because I was so skinny. I was like 140 pounds and I was tall. So I was like, I was like 5'11 at the time, 5'10, maybe 5'9 um, starting high school. So I was really skinny and I hated the way I looked. So uh, from there, I picked up like muscle fitness magazines and I saw Arnold and I started reading everything. I actually started working out in my house. So uh, I bought like a weight set and I would have to drag the bench out from my bedroom into like the living room because there was more room and I have to drag all the weights out. And I started on a very, very simple routine. Um, it was so it was so stupid. Now that I look back on it, it was like ten sets of chest, like <laughs> like a uh, bench. It was uh, really dumb and stupid. I don't even know where I got the program from. But I started in my house, like I said, um, saved money, and then I eventually joined the gym and 
went from there. But for me, it all started because I hated the way I looked. I just I couldn't stand being that skinny. Mm. And when I saw everyone working out with muscles, I said I could probably do that and I could look better. And that's it. I saw Arnold, and that was it. I was like, if if he could look like that, I want to look like him. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I definitely had a lot of external motivators as well with looking at other people and obviously wanting to impress others i think that's interesting and an interesting topic that obviously a lot of people can probably relate to is is that constant feeling that you you're not only not happy with yourself but you also want to prove to others that that you're the shit or whatever um when you're entering the gym um so yeah that is a really interesting topic i know that um anthony again you touched on this because you guys are very very good with talking and uh, elaborating on a topic but you touched on this already but I really want um, the listeners to realise um, what like a first session would look like in the gym. And I know that my session was certainly not, my first session was certainly not anything optimal. Um, but what what did your guys' first sessions or first weeks in the gym look like? Um, and would you like look back on it now, what would you think about that? Would you say that it was a good start or not? Well, I think, you know, in the beginning, the most important thing is actually getting there, you know, so it really doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're actually getting there and just keep going consistently because we know consistency over time is going to really change your body. So if if you're listening to this now and you're thinking about starting the gym, just go in there and just do do anything at this point. You know, it doesn't anything you do is going to be better than doing nothing. And that's taking steps toward what you really want. So with that said, what I did in the beginning, I, I like I said, I picked up Flex magazine uh, Muslim fitness, you know, all those types of magazines. I literally just copied the programs that were in there. I, um, I actually bought, um, it's funny. I, I think it was called like, um, skinny guy, skinny guy.net was the website. It wasn't Vince Delmani at the time. That was, that's who owns it now, but it was another program. It was like four skinny guys. It was total, like a copy. So for those of you that don't know what copy is, it's like a sales page you get to it and it's a, has a whole big story about how you, you know, you're really skinny and it was like a whole pitch to buy this program. So I bought the program and uh, it came in the mail, actually. So that's how long ago this was. It wasn't like a digital copy. It came in the mail, and it had a whole program lined out. So I actually followed that for a little bit and got nothing out of it, of course. But um, just going on a little bit of a tangent here, that's how. So I started basically copying the routines in the in the magazines and Arnold's, and then I sh- I found something a little more specific to what I needed, and then I followed that for a little bit, and I jumped around from program to program. And we talked about this on our yeah. podcast. Um, so I think that in the beginning, it's the most important thing is just to go and try as many things as possible because doing that, I regret it a little bit now when I look back on it because I could have made a lot more gains if I, w- if I would have known what I know now. Mm. But at the same time, I know so much now because I know what doesn't work. And I think that's the key. So I've, again, anyone listening to this who wants to start in the gym, go in there and do what you have to do every day consistently. Don't worry about if it's optimal or not because either way, you're going to be stepping in the right direction. Yeah, totally agreed. What what would your first sort of like weeks or or first sort of sessions look like, Pete, in the gym? Were you more? Um, did you have a routine? Was there any structure there initially? What did it look like? Gross. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, the way it started out uh, when I had first joined the gym, like I said, it really I ha- I had no idea of what actually worked. I just knew working hard would result in something that I wanted. And um, when I first went in, my brother was actually a high school wrestler at the time. So he had a little more experience with working out and exercising. So I went to the gym with him probably my first two two or three days. 
And he just showed me like the basics, you know, how this is how you bench, this is how you do curls, this is how you use this machine. And I said to him, you know what, just write me an exercise program. You know, he wrote me down a weekly, it was just a one week workout program. Nothing about it was optimal. You know, he probably knew about as much as I did and he, he wrote it down and it was something like five sets of 10 on every single machine, three, four, five exercises per muscle group. And it was maybe five, six days a week. But you know what? Um, I had a plan in front of me. Whether it worked or not, I was going to execute it. And I started probably at the beginning of the summer going into the next school year. And at that time, like I said, my goal was just to slim down and get in a little bit better shape. And I executed this program without any days off, without any extra rest. And I just, you know, I went in every day and did what I had to do. And I remember going back as, back to school the next, you know, after summer was over, you know, two or three months, whatever it was. And I had actually dropped 20 pounds during that time. So mm -hmm. when I went into school, a lot of people didn't recognize me. You know, they, they said, wow, you look so different, you know. And like I said, I wasn't really doing everything right, but I was consistent with it, you know. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially in the beginning, is you don't have to be optimal. You just have to be consistent. Yeah, I totally agree. And initially when, when I was obviously starting, we talked about this on on the podcast that you guys got me on, but it was the program hopping like all the time trying to find the best the most optimal thing to be doing and i think like i put up a post about this the other day it's just the the issues that a lot of young guys have is this constant goal shifting so they'll one minute they'll want to gain muscle and they'll realize that oh well i'm getting like too fat i'm losing the abs and then they'll want to go back into a dieting phase um and i know that you initially said, Pete, that you went almost straight into like a dieting phase to get sort of leaner. Um, now, I'm sure that there's like a lot of guys that are looking to obviously listen to this podcast and maybe go into the gym with like a muscle gaining phase. Now, how how possible do you think this you know, clear this up for sort of teens? How possible do you think it is that, you know, teens can enter the gym um, very, very new to training and possibly put on a little bit of muscle whilst losing fat now discuss this and discuss it like when do you think that cutoff ends for teenagers to sort of stop that um incredible newbie gains that you can make when did the newbie gains mm -hmm. stop yeah, uh, the, yeah, so the newbie gains are pretty much going to be when you first join the gym for a certain period of time, you're just going to be able to put on muscle and burn fat almost at the same time, you know, because like Anthony said, if you're when you're doing whatever it is you're doing in the gym, that's more than you weren't doing. So your body really is getting new, used to a new stimulus. So it's initially going to put muscle on and burn fat almost regardless of what you're doing with the diet, whether you are restricting calories or if you are adding calories and you're in a surplus. Um, so, you know, a good goal I think when people do start going to the gym is if they have a little bit of extra body fat on is to be clean with your diet, be better with it, you know, eat what you need to eat to lose a little bit of body fat. You're still going to be able to put on some muscle. You don't have to focus on hopping on type of a, a muscle building diet right from the start because um, people get a little bit too aggressive with it in the beginning and they don't realize that they're going to put fat on if they eat too much. Um, so for me, my re my results were, like I said, I was I was restricting my calories. I wasn't really paying attention to too much other aspects of the diet, just calorie restriction. And I was able to still put on muscle. Um, my new beginnings lasted probably at least a full year, I'd say. Um, the first three months or so were the most dramatic. Like I said, I lost yeah, a lot yeah. of body fat and I pretty much got to the point where I wanted to be in terms of body fat. So after that three or four months was when I started to shift my focus a little more into building muscle. Um, and I was didn't really have any any issues putting body fat on at that point. Um, but my, my goal were definitely switched 
after I lost the initial fat. So in the beginning, you will see those results as long as you're consistent with everything. Yeah, yeah I'm going to jump in there because that's what I wanted to mention. Uh, in the beginning when I started, you know, there was no macros, you know, mm-hmm. follow this formula to find out macros. It was just like, all right, you have to eat six meals a day, you know, six to eight meals a day. It has to be this for breakfast, you know, egg whites and, and uh, oatmeal every morning for breakfast, you know, chicken and, and sweet potato for lunch. It was It was the same kind of thing. So mm-hmm. when... Like I said, when I started, there was no – I didn't know anything about calories in versus calories out. That was such like, nah, that doesn't count. As long as I eat clean, I'm fine. So for me, when I wanted to st- when I was starting, I wanted to put on mass. That was my goal. I wanted to gain as much as possible. But I was eating so low calorie because I was eating those quote-unquote clean foods that I wasn't putting on any mass. So for me, in the beginning, I was still getting results because in the beginning, you could almost do anything and get results. But I didn't get the most optimal amount of results because my diet was not in check. I was – fooled into thinking that I had to eat certain foods to gain mass and in reality it was just setting me back. So for me, I didn't actually start gaining traction until um, probably about two or three years in when I actually started to learn more about nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I made good gains in the beginning. I shouldn't say that because I was really strong in the beginning. Like I started off, I, I benched 275 pretty much right away. Um, you know, So for me, strength came easy. It was just that part of it that really was lack, lacking. Mm. I'd say that I totally agree with both of those points of view and I think that it's very important for sort of younger guys, teens to really take that initial phase of training and most important also nutrition and sort of enjoy yourself and live live life like just chilling for that stage because a lot of people can, you know, with today's information, I think they can almost take it a bit too seriously too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, start to track macros like I've I've had some like 14 15 year old boys like message me saying what macro split should I be on like should I have this percentage carbs fats and it's like almost you want to tell them no like don't do the optimal thing yet just just like mm-hmm. enjoy like in fam like family meals like they're missing out on family meals and things like that to track macros and I think that it is important for obviously people to take away the message that you can actually make really quick progress using something that maybe isn't quote-unquote optimal straight away um so yeah i think that's that's really really good for people to take away i just want i wanted to jump in there you know you mentioned you know counting macros yeah you know it doesn't have to be so elaborate in the beginning also you could just start out by counting calories that'll be way more that'll be way better than anything else especially in the beginning because if if you're listening to this and you're a beginner and you're skinny like I was, you know, and you're just trying to eat clean foods, you, you're not even breaking 2,500 calories a day. And if you're a skinny kid at 14 years old, guaranteed you need more than that to gain mass. So mm. if you're just counting your calories and you're still you're learning you learning the basics of it, you'd be way better off than than kind of winging it. If you if you're that type of person, so for that person who emailed you that question, how many carbs, how much fat, yeah. you know, if 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 they were listening to this, that's what I would have tell them. Just count your calories. And just do whatever you want to do. Just take it easy. Take a laid back more approach to it. Yeah, at least have a gauge. If you have a goal, then you've got to have a gauge. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, counting calories or, you know, tracking body weight and eating like calorie dense foods at least um, would be significant in order for them to make progress. Um, so I know that one of you brief, briefly touched on it, but at what point in your training did you realize, okay, I want to do something optimal to chase like a really specific goal (laughs) day (laughs) Day one um like what when was it so like a specific goal like a bodybuilding show i know for you pete you got very involved in bodybuilding at a young age what point did that switch come on that you thought okay like i'm ready looking at your physique like i'm ready to take something optimal and and go for like a bodybuilding prep which is quite serious 
Yeah. So for me, it, it definitely wasn't from day one. Like I said, it was. I, I just knew if I restricted calories, that would work. And then I, I knew, you know, intuitively that I probably wasn't doing things optimally, but I saw them working. So I figured, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but then I kind of, you know, when my goals shifted, and to be honest, my goals actually—it's funny the way it happened. It happened very, very fast. You know, I was still in that mindset: okay, burn fat. You know, get skinny, get skinny. That was my goal. And I was in the gym one day, and uh, a friend of mine actually made a reference to uh, a scene from Pumping Iron, and I had never seen the movie before. And uh, you know, he said, "I said, what, what movie is that from?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Pumping Iron." So I, I went home and I watched the movie, and I saw Arnold, and I just saw all these bodybuilders, and I really didn't have access to anything like that. I never saw anything like that before, and instantly my my mindset switched. Okay, you know what? This looks way better than being skinny. I want to look like these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew that what I was doing was not resulting in that. So I said, okay, I have to change my approach. So I started researching what do bodybuilders do? What do bodybuilders do? And I know, okay, I need to eat a lot more protein. I need to weight train a lot more and I need to be consistent with it as far as weight training. You know, my cardio was a lot more consistent than my weight training, um, but I knew the weights were really going to be the key and, you know, eating a lot more food than I was eating. So, at that point, I, for whatever reason, I guess it was motivation, I said, you know, I have to go about this the right way. So I found as much information I could on how to build more muscle and look more like a bodybuilder. And, you know, my approach then was still not nowhere near optimal, but it was good enough to really start getting me towards my goal. And, you know, I kind of had the same results that I did when I first started with the dieting where I was able to put muscle on very, very fast because I really switched – from eating a restricted calorie diet to eating a calorie probably around, calorie diet probably around maintenance but with a lot more protein and focusing on a lot of weight training and again my body wasn't used to that so I would you know the results were were pretty quick so mm, that's interesting what about you Anthony when did the the switch turn on for you to take things more seriously I would definitely say when I entered my first bodybuilding contest um, and for me, I, I never really felt like training was, and it's so funny how things always come back around, but for me, it was always like, I always felt like I had training good. It was always the nutrition that I always felt like I lacked in. And it wasn't because I didn't have the discipline to follow something. It was just because I didn't have the wherewithal with it. So, and for example, when I first started, I, you know, it was all bro science. In the beginning, I had people used to tell me, yeah, you have to eat sweet potato. And I would say, well, why sweet potato? Why can't, can I have rice instead? No, 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 sweet potato. Sweet potato is going to fill you out. Or, you know, just have a handful of, of peanuts with every meal. That's going to help you grow. You know, these are the things that I, that I had in the beginning. So for me, when I, when I shifted to a contest prep, um, I followed a more, st- again, a standard meal plan, but, um, I took it more seriously as far as what I was doing. And then actually I contacted my first coach, which was Lane Norton. And he showed me, you know, counting macros and, you know, that whole shift for me really was like a big eye opener. And now that I think about it, now that I, I got my degree in nutrition following up with this, I got my degree in nutrition and, uh, you know, I studied all this. So now I know the ins and outs of nutrition. Now I feel like I don't know anything about training, but I know a lot about nutrition. So it's funny how things always come back around. But for me, it was when I definitely entered my first show that uh, I really turned on the more serious switch with it. Interesting. Yes, it's definitely the same for me. I think I learned the most about nutrition when I entered my first bodybuilding prep. And that's maybe not the most optimal way to, to learn about how, how to Definitely. sort of like create a great diet because, you know, I could have gone through a much better gaining phase. I could have learned more about nutrition and approached my bodybuilding prep with a lot more confidence. Obviously, the second time round, I was way more confident because I mm-hmm. because I'd gone through a whole prep, a whole gaining phase, and then I had a nice structured diet, and it worked so much better. 
So I think that you know if you, if you are planning to do something like that, then you know maybe track macros to get lean, but maybe don't compete the first time type thing. Um, but that is interesting, and I think obviously we are all pretty much all all three of us inspired to sort of follow nutrition further by um, obviously getting into bodybuilding, which is you know pretty in the deep end, but. Um, it served as well, obviously, quite clearly. Um, so when you obviously got a grip on nutrition, um, I know I know that you are on a meal plan, Anthony, but Pete, what would like an average day look like? So describe like a, uh, maybe a full day of eating in your life when you were, when you were dieting down and when maybe you were like a bro, what would that look like? Mine is probably going to look exactly the same, so <laughs> well, answer this question for both of us. So you want to know about my, my initial diet when I first started just getting in better shape when I didn't, yeah. really didn't know what I was doing? Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell mm-hmm. you tell that and then I'll tell my peak week and my refeeds, <laughs> what I used to do then because yeah, I'm sure it's the that. same. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Well, you know, the first probably the first rule of my diet when I first started was, okay, if I want to lose weight, if anything has fat in it, I don't eat it. So if I looked at the back of a nutrition label and I saw fat on it, I, I wouldn't say I didn't eat it, but anything that was excessively high in fat, that food was off limits. Okay, oh. so big mistake right there. But you know what? Like I said, I still I still lost weight because it was better than what I was doing. Um, so I would restrict fat. I would try and eat things that were just low calorie in general. So a typical day, man, this was a long time ago. I'm going to try and remember. Um, breakfast might have been... I think I was doing fasted cardio when I first started too, by the way. So it was fasted cardio. That didn't even exist when I started. You know that? (laughs) That wasn't a thing. Yeah, I was doing fasted cardio and then I would have maybe Cheerios with with water in it, believe it or not. (laughs) I was restricting. I said milk. It has fat in it. You know, just just cut it out. I mean, there was was fat-free milk. Why wouldn't you just eat it plain? I didn't like it plain. Uh, That was the way I did it. Water though? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Water? Hey, listen, I'm just telling you what I did. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I would never do it again, and I would never recommend it, but that might have been my breakfast. Okay. Keep it as low-calorie as possible. Lunch, um, I would try and go with maybe a grilled chicken sandwich. That was a that was a staple all the time. Um, you know, a, chick, a grilled chicken sandwich. Pretty much didn't eat anything again until dinner. Dinner would probably be another another meat or something like that. I, you know, it's probably the only fat I might get in my diet. I might have had like a, a little bit of ground beef, but I would eat it pretty much with no carbs, nothing. I might just put it in a little bit of ketchup. And then the rest of the night, I would try not to eat anything, you know. And this was a very short period of time. Like I said, it was pretty much two or three months. It's definitely not sustainable. And mm. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. Uh, but that's how I initially started then. When I started to learn a lot more about nutrition, I did transition much more into the bro type diet. And I, you know, I said, okay, I have to have protein with every meal. I have to have meals three, three hours apart. So when I switched into a muscle building phase, my, my diet was, you know, whey protein in the morning. Lunch was the grilled chicken sandwich again. You know, three hours later, I'd probably have, I'd make sure I have more fats in the diet. I have peanut butter and jelly with another protein shake. Uh, then for, for dinner, more chicken with, with holy pasta, uh, brown rice, something like that. And it was pretty much those type of foods just around the clock every three hours. It wasn't about the amounts. The more the focus was more on, okay, protein every meal and eating every three hours. You know, there was no meals spaced out any further than three hours. Actually, it, it was different than mine because I'm surprised you mentioned bread that when I mm-hmm. when I when I started it was like oh five oh six and you know bread was out of the question. It was basically the diet was egg whites and oatmeal in the morning. Then it was chicken with vegetables, 
for lunch. And then the next two or three meals after that were pretty much the same, some type of protein and a vegetable. And that was pretty much it. Like if I had carbs, it was like a sweet potato. I would do a carb up, quote unquote, every uh, twice a week. And it was just sweet potato and oatmeal. I would have like a bowl of oatmeal and a, a little sweet potato. And that would be my carb up. So it's so different from yours because it's funny because bread was like bread and pasta. Forget it. You can't have pasta when you're dieting. No, I mean – And you had to yeah. have asparagus because that thinned yeah. the skin. <laughs> well, you know, you know it's, it's funny because I, like I said, I was researching so many different ways to, you know, to get bigger, to build more muscle. And there wasn't as, as much information as there is today, mm. obviously. Um, so I, what I did found, everything was a little bit different. Like you'll see a lot of conflicting, you know, information out there today. But the one trend that was the same in all of them was meals approximately three hours apart, yeah. protein in all of them. So I figured at that time that if I had those two things covered, I should be pretty good. And you know what? To be honest with you, I mean, it was a lot better than what I was doing. So I did get results. Yeah. I mean, that's not actually like too bad of a thing to, to suggest to someone spreading out meals every three hours, protein, because at least then you are actually going to work up an overall protein intake that is, is probably sufficient, if not too much. Yeah. I think that's something that I initially did. I initially went into like a gaining phase and I was force feeding food like to no tomorrow and I think that I was like massively over consuming protein and now obviously with you know, everybody does that yeah lo lots of research proving that obviously you don't need to over consume protein so I think that obviously people are more educated now than maybe you know even like two three years ago when I when I oh, first definitely. started there's a lot better information out there and it's come very very quickly um so it sounds like obviously you guys have experienced like your fair share of um nutrition crap. myths <laughs> and and crap. and all the <laughs> crap yeah um but you know what what would you say to obviously teenagers like sort of maybe making a start with nutrition be it a a gaining phase or actually yeah let's cover a gaining phase so say someone's listening to this now like what would you say in terms of um avoiding the nutrition myths but living as a teenager what would be your best advice um moving forward into a gaining phase for for a young athlete at the moment you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go ahead. You want to rock, paper, scissors for it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So pretty much what I would recommend someone starting out right now, I mean, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but if you're going into a gaining phase, the most important thing is going to be your calories. Now, you got to keep your lifestyle in mind with that. You know, when we go to, when we're in teen, you're in high school, you know, you don't really have access to a ton of food or you actually at that time, you should be working. I was working at that time, but a lot of teens don't work. But you're not going to have much money to spend on supplements or, you know, white protein and stuff like that. So what I would recommend in the beginning is just to pretty much start out counting your calories. Figure out how many calories you're eating now. Get a good grasp on, you know, portion size and things like that. Count your calories. And then if you're really trying to gain, slowly add calories every week, maybe two to 300 depending if you're gaining or not. Uh, focus on weighing yourself every couple of days on the scale and just see if everything's moving along. It's that simple. You know, it doesn't have to be rocket science. You don't have to go into all these, you know, crazy formulas. You know, start out with what you're doing now. If you find you're not gaining, add some calories in daily. If, if you're still not gaining, add some more. And you'll find as a teen because your metabolism is going to be so much faster and your hormones are at its peak at this point. You could put on a lot really quickly, but you're going to need a lot of fuel to fuel that fire. Mm, for sure.
Yeah, I, I agree with that 100 percent. And, you know, I really did not much to add to that. The only thing I would say is, you know, don't try and change what you're doing dramatically. You know, like like Anthony said, make sure it fits into your lifestyle. If you read something that says, OK, seven meals a day is going to be better than eating three. But you're not the type of person that could fit seven meals in a day. Don't stress it. You know, if your overall caloric intake is the same. Um, and you're hitting the right amount of protein intake, you're going to get the results. So if, you're, if your goal is you just want to add a little bit of muscle, find out exactly how many calories you're eating right now. Start, you know, get a good idea. Try and keep that consistent and make sure you're hitting enough protein intake. You know, a gram of protein per pound of body weight is good. And see how your body responds. Try and keep it consistent because a lot of times people aren't consistent in the beginning. You know, if you eat 2,500 calories, keep it at 2,500 calories for a week. See if you're gaining weight, losing weight, maintaining. And then if you have to add more, you add more. That That's pretty much it. And you just consistency yeah i totally agree and i think that a lot of teams will will benefit from from that advice and i think people sometimes get like het up in in whether like what approach they should take and overcomplicate things and that's something obviously i've said before it's like this overcomplication of the process Mm -hmm. and a lot of people i think i struggled initially was like trying to eat too clean i think was a thing that i did and like anthony said you're simply not going to be able to get the calories in that you require when you're just trying to just force feed clean food uh, clean calories because they're just not going to add up like mm-hmm. have a peanut butter sandwich now and again like things like that that's just going to whack your calories through the roof um and get you gaining um so anthony actually instead of stealing a question you actually brought me to a question <laughs> so i am um, i have a question now about obviously i'm a personal trainer you're a personal trainer we both have sort of slightly flexible lifestyles where we can quite easily modify our schedule in order to fit in meals eats and prep our food etc now when you're a teenager when you're young you probably don't have you maybe do you maybe make in edgeways and you, you you're lucky to be in a great position with with your job but i know um when i was young i worked in a call center i worked in a supermarket i worked in retail for like three years how would you recommend, what would be your biggest recommendation for teenagers that are currently like working a job, uh, very, very busy, how would you recommend them fitting in the gym and nutrition like around that lifestyle? Um, and did you have any experiences of this when you were working as teenagers? Well, uh, I got news for everybody listening to this. You know, if you're a teenager and I listen to this, it just gets harder. You know, as you get older, you ha- you, ha- you get married, you have kids, you have a house, you have That's responsibilities, you get a real job, it gets a lot harder to fit it in. So you just make the time for it. You know, you have to you have to have a burning passion for something. And if you love bodybuilding and want to change your physique, you know, you're going to make time for it no matter what. I mean, obviously, being prepared for your day is going to be your best bet. You know, maybe uh, figuring out how many calories you need for the day and just kind of packing food with you and bringing it with you. I mean, as a teen, it really doesn't matter if you're not doing contest prep. You know, don't worry about eating every three hours by the dot. You know, maybe bring a shake with you. Have a protein bar, you know, stuff like that. Quick, easy meals. You can bring a sandwich with you. And when it comes time for lunch, just have a bigger lunch. You know, don't go too crazy. Just overall, you got to watch your overall calorie intake, like we said. And then just making sure that you get to the gym religiously. You know, like as a teen, you have no responsibilities. You know, you maybe you work, you know, but you, you don't have a household to take care of. You don't have another mouth to feed. So all you got to worry about is yourself at that point. So take advantage of that. Go to the gym later at night. Wake up earlier in the morning. You don't have to sleep till 12 o'clock. You know, wake up early. I look at you when I say <laughs> sleep till 12 o'clock. 
But, you know, wake up earlier, wake up an hour earlier, go to the gym, get it done. You know, maybe go on, use a routine that um, will help you fit it in throughout the day. You know, you got to be flexible with this because life is always going to get in the way. I always tell all my clients that life is always going to get in the way. It's never going to be the most optimal time to start, finish, you know, whatever. You just got to make it happen. Again, if you love this and you really want to change your physique, you'll find a way. Yeah, I totally agree. What about you, Pete? Did you have a job when you were younger? Did you have like anything that sort of conflicted? <laughs> Did you do anything, you piece of crap? <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything that conflicted or anything like that with your goals when you were younger and get in the way at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I work too as well. Um, I never really, as, as a teenager, I never really found that my time was extremely limited though. I always could fit in a workout and I could always fit in meals. And the, the biggest thing I think for me was as a teen, when I first started, I, I really, I loved every aspect of training and nutrition, you know, so I looked forward to it all the time. So it wasn't like I had to make time for it. I pretty much had to make time for everything else, you know, so if I had school, and I had obligations. Okay, after school, what I really want to do, the first thing I want to do is I want to go to the gym and I want to train. So I want to get that done first, you know, maybe that's not the best way to go about it. Because sometimes, you know, school stuff might suffer. Um, I don't recommend that. But uh, you know, if you really, the bottom line is if you really love what you're doing, it's never really a chore and it's not really hard to fit it in. You know, mm-hmm. as you get older and you do have more responsibilities and you don't always have the time for the gym, you don't always have time to be perfect with your meals, that can definitely make it a little bit harder. But I never really had trouble fitting it in because I was always looking forward to it. So I think a lot of people make it into a chore. I think if you make it fun, if you enjoy it, you know, if your goal is just to get in better shape, you don't have to do the type of workouts that somebody else says. You could do the type of workouts that you prefer. You know, you could eat a diet that you prefer as long as it fits in with your goals um, and make it a lifestyle that you enjoy. And I think that that helps the process a lot more. You know, when you make things harder on yourself, it's never going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Success is a planned event. You know, nothing's going to happen on accident. So you got to just be prepared for your day. I would say that that's the best piece of advice I can give you. You know, when we, it's a lot easier now than when we started. But when, when I started, it was all about having my meals with me and just making sure I, I carried them with me. That was it. So just make sure you plan for your day. Yeah, that's massive, massive tips there. And I definitely think I agree with both of them. And I think, yeah, I, I'm, you know, 20 years old. I think that it's very valid that you guys share your experiences and obviously, You've, you've been quick to say that things do get harder so obviously I'll, I'll be looking forward to that point yeah. um, and I think it's not that, undoable it's not un- I don't want to scare anybody it's no. not undoable but it just gets a lot harder yeah and I think obviously scheduling and, and fitting in workouts and things like that do, do get more difficult and I do sometimes miss the days when obviously I was able to wake up at, at 12 and, and sort of uh, you know relax throughout my day and, and fit in a workout whenever I felt like it and not worry if I was sort of hung over or anything like that as a teenager you know things like that that just sort of um, you know never be an issue um, now when you're when you're older um, so one sort of final question on nutrition that I wanted to ask was um, when did you guys discover flexible dieting because I know that you're huge advocates of it and so am I and I'm interested to know when you guys like picked up this my fitness power and started tracking everything you ate and more importantly was it something that you now looking back do you prefer it a lot more than you did the initial uh, bro approach and how do the two compare like what would you say about that well i'll start i um 
I got introduced to it. Actually, I was following AST. You know, I, I don't know if you if you guys know who um, Skip Lacour was, but at the time, he was actually the one who used to write down his diet every day, and he would follow a bro-type diet, and uh, he would actually count his macros. So when I noticed that, I said, I wonder if you could kind of interchange these things as far as, you know, what you have to eat in a day. So I, I kind of just kind of dismissed it. I'm like, no, 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 I'm crazy. You have to eat chicken and rice because that's what's going to, you know, those are going to give you gains. And then it wasn't until I dieted for my, my second bodybuilding show that I hired my coach that I, I learned about flexible dieting. And then from there, it was just like, wow, this is so eye-opening because you weren't stuck eating the same thing every day. I mean, that may work for some people, but it's not going to work long term. It'll definitely work short term. You know, it's definitely good during the week. You know, we mentioned, you know, get how to fit everything in. So it'll definitely work better during the week. If, you you know, your schedule is the same Monday through Friday, it's definitely going to work a lot better to follow a quote-unquote meal plan or a set food plan. You know, and on the weekends, though, life is always going to happen. Life is always going to get in the way, and things are always going to be different on the weekends. You know, you mentioned drinking. You know, that's something that doesn't happen during the week, you know, usually. So, uh, again, flexible dieting has been a lifesaver for me. It's allowed me to continue this journey a long time. Um, you know, I, I flexible diet all the time, and my diet's never off. You know, I've logged into my fitness path for like 950 days in a row. And before that, I was, I was using um, – Fit Day it was called. It was actually just a website. It wasn't even an app. And I had that. I was using that for like four years straight. So, you know, I'm able to do. I I was flexible dieting on my honeymoon. You know, people think that's crazy, but I was able to still make progress. You know, while I'm on vacation. You know, whatever. So that's why I like flexible dieting. It makes my life easy and it makes this more attainable for the long term. If I had to follow a meal plan, I don't know if I'd still be doing this. Yeah, see, that that's a really good point because that was pretty much how I got into it. You know, I, I had followed the typical meal plan when I started, you know, focusing on building muscle. And that was a period of time from about when I was 15 until about, I'd say I was about 18, 19. And I was just doing the typical meal plans. And, you know, there would be periods of time where it just got so boring after a while and you just get so sick of doing the same thing over and over again that I would find myself in a position where I would just say, you know, screw it. Today, I don't want to eat this meal. I'm going to eat, you know, whatever it is I want. And I, I would kind of repeat this process over and over again and notice, okay, but I'm not actually, if I if I don't eat the chicken and brown rice, but I have whatever other meal I felt like eating that day, and I didn't end up just immediately getting fat or something because mm -hmm. I wasn't eating a clean food. If I were to just have like a sandwich with whatever I wanted on it, and I'm like, well, why am I not getting fat? You're supposed to eat clean or else if you, if you eat these junk foods, you're going to get fat. You know, I might throw in some potato chips here and there. And I noticed the weight's not just coming on. Um, so, you know, I was at that time, I was already, you know, I, w I understood grams of protein, carbs, and fats and stuff like that. So I just pretty much put two and two together and I said, you know, if, if I'm able to put these foods in here and I'm not gain weight, maybe the food source doesn't matter as much as the total calories. You know, everyone was always stressing food sources and it had a little bit of, you know, detail and emphasis on total calories and macronutrients, but it wasn't the most important thing. I said, what if this is actually more important than the food source? So I started experimenting with it more and more. And, you know, like Anthony said at that time, this was probably about 2004, 2005. Lane Norton was very big on counting macros at that time. And he was having arguments with people on the message boards. No, no, it doesn't matter. You, if, if you focus on protein, carbs, and fats, the food source doesn't matter. I said, you know, this is very similar to what I'm actually doing right now. Let me just experiment with this more. And I pretty much just threw myself right into it and realized – you know, after a few months that if I want this food instead of the food on the meal plan and it fits in with the macros, I could have the same results. And, you know, like Anthony said, it was at that point where I was almost I was kind of giving up on the meal plans, but I was still getting the results I wanted to. So that was it was a very easy transition for me. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I, you know, I think you, we both found body, uh, like uh, flexible dieting through bodybuilding. So, I think some people find it and they run with it, and some people find it and they sort of slowly transition into it. I was someone that very slowly transitioned into flexible dieting because, like you, Pete, I was sort of in the mindset that wait, no, 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 I can't, I can't get lean and eat, like, different foods, I have to eat, like, this, this, this fish meal, I have to eat this sweet potato meal, and this was only, like, in 2014, so really, really recently, even when there was a lot more stuff going around that was proving that this, this works, obviously, when you guys originally got into it, it was very, sort of, still a bit unclear as to whether it worked or not, now there's obviously huge amounts of testimonials mm-hmm. out there that it does work, um, and I think that is an interesting topic that some people do completely run with it and, you know, you know, start like I do, topping their oats with all kind of stuff and, uh, you know, posting it on Instagram and, and, you know, creating a sort of, you know, I've seen people, I've had Jack on the on the podcast earlier on in an episode and he's, you know, he's made a business almost out of his social media account through posting food pictures and he only got <laughs> introduced into flexible dieting in like, uh, like mid part of last year and then he just shot up as a result of just posting food pictures um, so I think it is really interesting how people get into it but for the majority I think it is an enjoyable experience um, so yeah that's really interesting so guys before um, I ask like a final question that I ask every podcast um, I'd like you guys to have this opportunity to basically lead any of these uh, listeners and my audience to any of your social media accounts where they can find you elsewhere and also potentially any products that you have that would really really serve like a teen or or someone young like looking to really make the most of of their gains in the gym um, that you could have to offer but yeah tell everyone where to find you and what you offer all right. Well, thank you again for having us on, man. We appreciate it, and we're looking forward to that last question. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a doozy, I think. But um, yeah. So you guys can find us on New York Muscle Radio. We're all over iTunes. Um, just Google New York Muscle Radio. You'll find the New York Muscle Radio.com. Uh, on there, we provide coaching. So at any level, beginner, intermediate, someone looking to do a contest, you know. So we have coaching there. New York Muscle Radio.com. We also have our signature ebook there, which is cracking the flexible dieting code, and basically. In that ebook, we also have it available in audiobook version. But in that ebook, um, we go about how to set up your macros to start, and um, you know if you want to gain, what to do from there. If you want to lose, what to do from there. And uh, also included in the audiobook version, we have maximizing your metabolism, which is some we talk about like similar to reverse dieting. But we talk about how to maximize your metabolism so you could eat pretty much at the most amount of calories as possible and still make progress. Because like we said, for us in the beginning, it was very very different from where you guys are now. We were very limited to what we could eat. So in this ebook, we pretty much dive deep into what you can do to kind of eat those big voluminous foods like uh, AJ posts up and uh, and still get results. And you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at AB Fitness and my co-host here is at Jacked Fitness, J-A-K-K-E-D Fitness on Instagram. Pretty much really active on there. Yeah, that's definitely the best place to get a hold of us. I mean, you can catch us on Facebook too, but Instagram I'm on probably a little bit more than Facebook. I'm on Facebook more. Yeah, I like, I like Facebook one. better. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, I like both, but uh, probably probably on Instagram a little bit more. 
Yes, yeah, so it's good to know where you're most active, so people can obviously follow you in the right places and keep up to date. Because I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of the guys listening to this and girls already follow you and already know of you guys. But yeah, just in case you don't, then make sure you do follow these guys. So the last question, which I ask on every podcast, is going to be for a teenager or a young person listening to this today. What would be the biggest tip you could give to them? for something they could do tomorrow to better themselves, whether it be mindset, training, or nutrition, something they can implement tomorrow to make them a better person. A better person? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is tough. Deep. Get deep. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, the, the best advice I could give, honestly, is just make a plan and then follow it. You know, just execute. It doesn't have to be the perfect plan. You know, you could say you could write down, OK, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week for the next two or three months, whatever it is. You know, I, I want to lose 10 pounds. Uh, you know, the plan is go to the gym three times a week, count my calories and just execute it. You know, that's it's very simple and very basic, but you'll be surprised uh, you know what you can achieve when you actually put something into action even if it's not optimal You know people like you said they get confused because there's so many different ways to, to go about anything in life They'll try and make it perfect before they start you don't have to start perfect Just write something down set a goal and if all you know is okay eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight And you need to add calories or lose calories depending if you're trying to add muscle or if you're trying to burn fat if That's all you know and you know you need to go to the gym, then write down, okay, I'm going to go to the gym this amount of time a week, and this is what I'm going to do with my diet, and execute it. You will get results. Yeah, he, he kind of stole what I was going to say. I was going to say set goals. You know, set one big goal and then set little goals along the way. I mean, I know it sounds cliche to say something like that, but it really makes a big difference when you set a goal. You know, all right, in the next 12 weeks, I want to accomplish X. You know, within the next week, I want to accomplish this. You know, and I talked about that in the podcast that I did, how to make six figures as a personal trainer. You have to set you know, goals, little goals in order to achieve the big one, you know, so if your main goal is to make six figures in the industry, well, you got to start out by what you're going to do this week to get there. So again, little stepping stone goals, stepping stone goals along the way will go, go a long way. So set those little goals. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think it's very important to obviously write stuff down, like you said, Pete, really, really important to get it visual. So yeah, guys, to um, wrap that up, like I'd like to thank you so much for coming on. First of all, giving me the opportunity to come on your podcast and furthermore, giving me the opportunity to have you on mine. Um, I think it's going to really, really be a big hit um, and get a lot of views elsewhere and, and help grow my podcast. So I really appreciate that, guys. Um, I hope that you enjoy the rest of the day. Um, it's late here. It's uh, like afternoon over there. So I'm sure that you um, have a good day and um, I, will, I will speak with you guys soon. Thank you, man. Thank you again for having us on. And I think that you're going to be the voice of teen bodybuilding. <laughs> I really do. I've, I've said that to him before and I think you're, you're well on your way to doing that. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. And again, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing really good stuff over here. You have a good message, and I think you're going to help a lot of people. So just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and this podcast ain't full of BS either, like the <laughs> no, rest of them out no, there. No, exactly. Yeah, this is this is honestly this is one of the uh, one of the most enjoyed podcasts I have listened to, even though I'm on it too. So because there's no no fluff in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, guys, and uh, that's that's really really nice to hear. So yeah, that's a wrap. Um, Teen Muscle Radio episode seven over and out. Thanks very much for listening, guys. See you in the next one.